Hey you guys, welcome back to my podcast. I'm super excited for today's episode. I'm currently in Portugal and I'm really loving Portugal. I'm sure a lot of you guys know because I was posting about it on my TikTok and on my Instagram that I'm here in Portugal. But yes, I am here and it is very nice. We are planning on staying here for quite a bit of time and the weather is just so nice. The weather is perfect and it's our apartment is beautiful and we're in this beautiful city and I just, for me, I love having a quiet town. Like th this was what I wanted, right? We're kind of looking for places that we want to settle down and like buy a home. So we're kind of traveling around and looking for some places. We did that in Costa Rica and we're doing it here. And so we really wanted some place that was quiet but also had access to a small city and we also wanted some place that had access to a beach and had warm weather and didn't get below 45 degrees Fahrenheit and you know and kind of Portugal has a lot of that right it has nice weather it has areas with small cities but they still have you know all the things that you need vegan restaurants shops you know grocery stores you know all in this kind of central location it has access to beaches in certain areas the weather's great and so everything just kind of fits so I don't know we might end up in Portugal I don't know but we will be here for some time. And and yeah, so I'm really excited to just be sharing my experience here. I do want to do a vlog. I think the way that I'm going to go about my YouTube from now on is I really want to go about my YouTube kind of as a personal journey or a personal like video diary to myself. So I want to kind of create YouTube videos that... I want to see in 50 years like for example about my life like I want to see myself at my age now with my partner now you know in Portugal exploring so I kind of want to do more like really homey vlog update kind of videos that are just about my day-to-day -day life so that I can look back at them in 50 years and reflect and see myself and what I was thinking and what I was saying and what I looked like and you know my dynamic with my partner and and I really want to see like our relationship grow and I think that would be really nice so I want to do that with uh, YouTube and so I want to make like a vlog everyone was like oh my god you need to make a Portuguese vlog or like a Portugal vlog or something like that so I am going to do that just a little update I'm I'm just going through little updates right now before we get into the episode. I also am reading Magdalene Mysteries, which is one of my favorite books I've ever read. I just posted about it on TikTok. Magdalene Mysteries is an amazing book. If you're looking for a new kind of like womanhood, spiritual healing book, but really centered in femininity and womanhood, Magdalene Mysteries is so good. I also had someone comment on my Instagram the other day and she said, you know, we don't have the same faith, but, um, and by the way, no hate to you. You know, I, I commented back. I was like, it's totally no problem. I was just confused. I didn't know people thought I was religious or Christian. I, I assume someone would think I'm Christian. Um, I'm not Christian. I'm not religious. I'm deeply have my own relationship with God and I'm deeply spiritual, but I'm not religious at all. I don't belong to any religion. I'm not Catholic. I'm not Christian. I'm not 
Um, I'm not, you know, Jewish. I'm not any religion. And, and yeah, so I don't belong to any major religion. I have my own individual relationship one-on-one with God. And I deepen into that every single day through meditation and through my other practices, my prayer, my meditation. But I don't follow any religion. I really like the Self-Realization Fellowship with Paramahansana Yogananda. And if you want to look more into that, you can read the book, The Autobiography of a Yogi. I love him. I am actually currently in his lessons program and I do his meditations every day, but I'm still, you know, that is not a an organized major religion. So I'm not in any sort of religion, just by the way. Now, before we get into this podcast, I wanted to share the sponsor of today's podcast episode, which is Daisy. You guys know I've been posting about Daisy everywhere. I love Daisy. I've been using Daisy for around eight months, and I absolutely love Daisy. Daisy is a hormone-free way to track your fertility and to manage your fertility, and I absolutely love it. Basically, you wake up every morning and you take your basal body temperature. And you guys know that for me, when I track my fertility, I do three things. I do tracking my basal body temperature, I cycle track, and I track my cervical mucus. And so for me, tracking my basal body temperature is my favorite way to manage my fertility. And so with managing my fertility, I basically wake up and I track my basal body temperature every day. By the way, this is not the same as a normal thermometer. You cannot track your basal body temperature with a normal thermometer. They track different things. So you have to use a basal body temperature tracker. So I use Daisy and I wake up every morning. My boyfriend wakes up and he's like, take your Daisy. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I'd roll over, take my Daisy as soon as I wake up and it comes with a red green or yellow light so if a red light pops up then it means that you are fertile or you're possibly fertile and so then on those days for me personally because I'm not trying to conceive I don't have sex because I don't want to have sex on days that I'm fertile or that I'm possibly fertile and so it shows a red light on the days that you're possibly fertile or you're fertile so that's like a really good way to just know and to manage your fertility and to know oh, okay I'm fertile or I might be fertile and then it might also show a green light when you wake up and you take your temperature and that means that you're not fertile and so on those days I you know, have sex and I don't worry. And, you know, that's kind of how I manage that my fertility in that way. And Daisy is not a replacement for birth control. It's a way for you to manage your fertility. I'm personally not on any hormonal birth control and this is how I manage my fertility. Um, But yeah, and so I'm just kind of telling you guys what I do. And then also, if it shows a red flashing light, that is your predicted day of ovulation. So it's like kind of really nice to know that. And then also, last one is yellow. So if it shows yellow, then, you know, it kind of is doing like a cycle fluctuation day or it can mean that Daisy's still learning, you know, your phase, your phases and you could be potentially fertile. So in the beginning, you usually kind of sync your cycle up for three months. So there might be more like yellow days because it might be syncing up to your cycle or there might be a fluctuation day. And so on yellow days, I personally, I use protection on those days or I don't engage in any intimacy because I don't want to have any slip ups or anything like that. And so I love Daisy so much. It's really easy. You just wake up and you take it and then it just shows you a flashing light. You can also download like the partner app because my partner and I live together. It's just really easy. I just show it to him right in his face. I'm just like, hey, you know, my Daisy is red today, no sex or something like that. And so 
you know, that's how I do it. But if you maybe live separately from your partner or your partner gets up at a different time than you, they can download the Daisy partner app and it kind of shows you your information and everything. So maybe you guys can sync up. Oh, you know, and they know oh, I'm on a red day oh, I'm on a green day. And then, you know, you guys kind of sync that up. And that's always something that I communicate to my partner. Like, Hey, I'm on a green day today, or I'm on a red day today. I just tell him right away. So having a daisy is honestly like one of the hallmarks of my fertility management. And I love it so much. Like I actually love daisy so much. I bought it myself about a year ago and then I started using it about eight months ago. And I really truly love this product a lot. And so I bought it with my own money and I also registered it with my insurance as a durable medical equipment. And it then was taken care of by my insurance 90%. So I don't know if that works for you, but you could kind of call your insurance and register it as a durable medical equipment. And, and then maybe it could be 90% taken care of. I had a friend who did the same thing and that's just kind of how we registered them with our insurance. And so I paid for it up front and then my insurance reimbursed me 90%. So that's what I did when I bought my Daisy and now Daisy and I are collaborating. So if you want to purchase a Daisy, then just go in my bio or in the little description box below and you can just use the little code that I have and then you can, you know, get $20 off your order and you can let me know if you like it. Like definitely tag me, definitely tweet at me, definitely send me something about if you get the daisy and how you like it because I really love this product and you guys know that I don't share anything that I don't actually use. And most of the companies that I collaborate with, I initially bought the product and then I liked it so much that I reached out to the company and asked them to collab. So I truly love this product. I bought it myself. I've been using it for almost a year now and I absolutely love it. So I would love for you guys to get your hands on Daisy. I know that sometimes when you're trying to initially track your fertility, it can kind of get confusing. And so having your Daisy is just a really nice way to get some stability into fertility management. And yeah, and I really, really love it. Also, I just bought the book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And I also just scheduled an appointment with a fertility doula, I think they're called. And that can be a really nice resource as well. I think that having kind of one-on-one -on -one support with someone who is really qualified to help you manage your fertility is super helpful. So that's what I do. I am meeting with her this week. And then I also do cycle tracking in my cycles journal that I talk about all the time. And I'm doing um, cervical mucus tracking and I'm also doing this appointment. So I feel like the more methods, the better when you're managing your fertility on your own. But this is just what I do. I love the daisies. So if if you do purchase one, use my code that I will have in my description box below. And then I actually get, I think I get a, a little percentage of it. If you're not comfortable with that, you don't have to use the code, but using the code also lets Daisy know that, hey, you know, her followers and the people who listen to her podcast actually go and get the things that, you know, we collabed with her for. So then maybe I'll do a collab with them again or something like that. So if you want to use my code, go ahead. If you don't, that's totally fine too. But the Daisy is a really amazing product. So I hope you guys like it. And now let's get into our episode. So in today's episode, we're talking about how to deepen into your femininity with a safe partner. And I think that this is a really, really important topic because even myself, when I did get in my relationship with my partner, I didn't really 
know the depths of opening and of femininity and of surrender and of trust that I would be deepening into. And I feel like so many of us walk around with this kind of shield up and this fear of vulnerability with our partners and with people in general and with men in general especially and once we do actually get into a safe relationship there is a shift that has to happen like prior in the world we have kind of this alert up right like this I don't really want to engage with men that deeply I don't want to be that emotionally available or I'm overextending myself and I'm codependent or I have these fears with like men in general and I feel like once you actually get in a safe relationship with a man you have to realize that you are now safe and and this doesn't apply to relationships that aren't safe I would say that most relationships with men how they're currently being practiced are not safe and therefore you will not be able to deepen into your femininity and if you try to deepen into your femininity, all that it will do is, you know, make you codependent, make you enmeshed, make you abused, or just take you out of your femininity. There's many women that actually try to perform femininity. And what happens is that they're in an unsafe situation with a man. Let's say their partner is emotionally unavailable and doesn't really care about them. Maybe they're crossing their boundaries and whatnot. And then the woman thinks that, oh, I need to be feminine. You know, I need to deepen into my femininity here when the actual feminine thing to do is leave that relationship and go be with a man who you can actually feel safe to be feminine with. The point is that it's not your responsibility to create a safe space for you to open up into your femininity. It's not your responsibility to open up in your femininity with a man who doesn't deserve it or hasn't created a safe space for you, your responsibility is to vet a safe man and make sure that you're actually not deepening into the depths of your femininity with an unsafe man. And then once you get with a safe man, then you can actually open up into it. But most women try to do the reverse where they're with an unsafe man and then they try to use their femininity as something to manipulate him into liking them more or something like that. And we definitely don't want to do that. So this is for relationships that are innately healthy, relationships that are innately safe, and then how to deepen into your femininity with your partner in that space when you are safe. So the first thing I would say is open up your heart to actually giving and devoting yourself in a safe way. So what does that look like to you? And I really want to stress here that having personal sovereignty and personal real like uh, feeling fulfilled on your own is a prerequisite to actually creating safe femininity with a partner because when you try to devote yourself if you have not created safe boundaries and a safe space with yourself to someone else you will innately overextend yourself and become codependent so it's really important that you really take time to build up your own safety within yourself and then get into a partnership that's safe because then you know how to give and how to devote and how to be open and feminine and receiving or giving and to actually not be overextending or codependent in that space. And so once you have actually built up your own sense of safety in your body, there's a way to really start being really devoting and loving to your partner in a really safe way. And I feel like a lot of times women are afraid of that because they haven't built up that safe space within themselves. And so the only way that they will know how to devote is a way that actually is self-abandoning. And so once you've created that safety within yourself, you can actually then start practicing, how do I devote myself to another person 
without self-abandoning. And that's really important because an embodied man, a man who's truly safe and loving and kind is really going to desire your devotion and your love. And every woman's version of devotion is going to look differently. For example, my mom is like an amazing chef. She's so good at cooking. And whenever I come home, she'll just be like, how, what meal do you want? Like, I want to cook you your favorite meal. And for me, I'm not super good. I mean, I'm good at cooking, but I'm not, that's just not my love language. Like cooking someone a meal or making someone a meal is just not my way that I would show my devotion to my partner. And for my partner, my partner is actually a better cook than me and he tends to make me meals more than I make him meals or we tend to cook together. And so that's just not one of the ways that I would show devotion. But I know that for myself, before I got in my relationship, I was really closed off to showing devotion to a man. I had a lot of hatred towards men and I still understand like why I have hatred towards men because that's normal and natural because we're being put in a situation in a system where hatred and you know anger and rage is going to be the natural response to being oppressed but when you actually do get with an amazing loving kind sweet um, masculine divine masculine man it is important that you don't you know, let your rage outside of him get involved within him, you know what I mean? And get involved within your relationship. And I think that a lot of women are afraid to actually show a good man how much they love him or yeah, they love him. And so I think that one of the first ways is opening your heart to actually devoting yourself to him, like actually showing him without self-abandoning how much you love him. And that's going to be hard. It's going to be tricky. And so I think it's an important nuance for women to find out their personal signature and to really question yourself, like actually be inquisitive and ask yourself and be curious and say, is this a form of devotion or is this a form of self-abandonment? But once you have kind of figured that out and you your discernment really understanding like how do I show my devotion and my love and my sweetness to my partner which brings me to another point which is your sweetness your softness your sweetness like how deeply can you go into that space without hardening up and I think that it's actually something that most women even the women that think they're so soft and so sweet, they will have edges where they suddenly get passive aggressive or they get, you know, um, their sweetness is actually just a way to be codependent and to be a doormat. And that's not actual femininity. That's a patriarchal, you know, concoction, concoction of a woman. And so your actual femininity is heart open sweetness, but with in the container of boundaries that have deep swords on them. And the person who is right for you has to be worthy of taking apart you or moving aside your walls because they are worthy of that and they're safe enough to be within your sweet self. So once they have passed the you know initiatory test to be within your sweet self, how does that look? Like how does your genuine sweetness look and how deeply do you go into that space with them? How deeply do you go into that space of your sweetness with them and also noticing where you shut off from it? And I noticed with myself in the beginning of our relationship, my relationship with my boyfriend, I would shut off from 
edges of vulnerability or edges of sweetness or vulnerability or softness because it would freak me out to go to that level of feeling safe or sweet or loving or kind or open and I would get maybe sarcastic or I would get um, passive aggressive or I would kind of shut my heart off. I would kind of close it a little bit and it's easy to be sweet and open in the ways that are natural and normal to you. For example, I use this cute little voice with my partner all the time and I used to use that with my mom and my dogs. It's just normal for me to kind of do that. So that's not a, you know, area where that's an area where sweetness is just natural to me. But what about my edges of sweetness where I tend to shut down and I tend to kind of get hard there? Like what is my sweetness there look like and how deeply can I open up into that softness and into that sweetness with my partner? Next, I would say to always be telling your partner how things make you feel. And so when you are in your femininity, the dance between the masculine and the feminine is that the masculine is going to be bringing things to you and you are going to be telling your masculine partner, your your part as the feminine is telling them how it makes you feel authentically and honestly. And then from that space, from them understanding how it makes you feel, they take that as feedback and then make a different choice or continue on with the same choice. So let's say my partner does something that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Instead of being quiet, my responsibility as a feminine partner is saying, I love you so much, but that makes me feel really unsafe when you do that. I love you so much, but that makes me feel really uncomfortable. I don't feel safe. I don't feel trusting. I just don't feel that way. And I noticed even in arguments, like really early on, I noticed that if I would go into that feminine space of really holding my boundaries but all, and, and my, my voice and my sovereignty while also telling them how it makes me feel instead of getting defensive, he would just completely come back into his center. So let's say he's getting upset or he's like saying something or we're in an argument and he's saying something that I don't like or getting upset or whatever. And instead of me getting super defensive and meeting him in that space, if I literally just look at him in the face and say, that makes me feel really unsafe and I want to feel how deeply you love me in this moment and I want to feel safe with you. I want to feel trusting. I love feeling that masculine safety from you and right now I feel hurt and and not loved or I feel, you know, abandoned in this moment by you or whatever. If you tell your masculine partner how you feel, it will bring them back into their core. And so for me, always telling my partner how he's making me feel in a really centered way, in a way that I'm not trying to manipulate him. I'm not trying to abandon myself. I'm not trying to, you know, get him to do anything. I'm just genuinely giving him the feedback of how his actions are making me feel now that is super, super important. And so for him, even, you know, of course, in an argument, if I say that it completely transforms the argument, but also in good moments. So let's say my partner, um, the other day he bought me this like water filter. It was like $2,000. It's like this water filter I've been really wanting and he bought it for me. And I was just telling him that makes me feel so loved. That makes me feel so safe. That makes me feel so taken care of. Or let's say my partner, he bought our tickets for to go to Costa Rica. So, you know, I didn't even know what time 
he, you know, the flight was at or I didn't know what time anything was going on because he had purchased the flights and he got his extra leg room and he paid for the bags and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm telling him that makes me feel so good when you do that. Like that makes me feel so safe. That makes me feel so devoted to that makes me feel so loved. That makes me feel so just feminine and free and comfortable and it just makes me feel so good when you do things like that for me like thank you so much and so telling someone from a space or telling your masculine partner from a space of how that makes you feel even when it's really loving or even when it's really not good that's a way for you to stay in your femininity with a safe partner Another thing here is that if you are actually coming from your genuine femininity and you're not trying to manipulate and you're not trying to be codependent and use wounded femininity as a way to gain love or acceptance or you know commitment or something like that and so if you're doing that you're also going to be able to discern if this partner is right for you or not so the more that you kind of go into your femininity the more you're actually going to be able to discern is this person right for me or are they not? Because actually not being in our femininity allows us to be codependent. It allows us to ignore things. It allows us to be passive aggressive instead of to communicate. It allows us to you know, bypass red flags. It allows us to do all this and that. So when you're genuinely, let's say your partner, you tell them, let's say from the very the get-go, let's say you're on your second date and they say something to you that makes you uncomfortable and you're like, oh, that doesn't make me feel good. Like, I don't really like when you say that or something like that. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, fuck this bitch. Like, whatever. They say something super rude or they can't take, you know, um, they can't actually rise to that level of initiation. Then you know, oh, this isn't a good partner for me. And the whole thing with kind of the masculine and the feminine is that the feminine allows or sets the invitation for the masculine to rise so the feminine is a way to initiate the masculine deeper and then the masculine can rise or he doesn't have to right so many men don't can't rise and women actually go out of their feminine and try to make a man who cannot or will not rise rise and so when you are actually in your feminine when you stay in your feminine you're just telling someone from an empowered space you know how they're making you feel not trying to shame them, not trying to manipulate them, not trying to overexplain or, you know, be super um, immature in your feminine expression, you know, t t saying like a, a 20, taking, you know, two hours to cry and scream and tell them all this and that and thinking they should hold that. But instead just saying like, this really hurts. This really hurts when you do that. Their response to that is going to tell you if you are with a good partner or if you're not. So that's just a way for you to kind of also discern, is this someone that I want to really commit to and want to be with for the rest of my life or are they not? Another way that you can deepen into your femininity with a safe partner is you can really allow them to make plans. You can allow them to really kind of take the reins sometimes and show them how much you trust them and how much you can receive that and really just expand your capacities to receive. And I feel that a lot of times women have very small capacities to receive and 
the only real capacity that we have to receive is when our vulnerability isn't at play. Let's say our father buys us something or let's say a guy that we don't like buys us something. But when a man that we, because it doesn't take any vulnerability for those spaces, but a man that we actually deeply love and respect, if he buys us something or does something for us or kind of takes the reins or makes a decision or books a flight or whatever, allowing that to kind of exist and showing that you can really respect their choices and when they take the reins sometimes. And I think that it's really a distortion when women and it, and it's sad and it makes exact sense because we're in the patriarchy right now so women don't feel safe to have men make decisions because we've never actually seen on a mass level men making good decisions and we've actually never seen empowered men making decisions we've never actually seen empowered men at all like all of the leaders all of the people in our family everyone we've seen has been these disempowered you know, distorted patriarchal men that when they make decisions, they're actually harmful. And so therefore women feel, I'm not going to ever be with a man that I trust truly. Like that's the, that's the underlying message that we get there. And so then we say, okay, even when I get with a man that I really trust and I really love, my heart is still so kind of turned off from trusting him or from loving him or from hearing him or from seeing him and it also doesn't mean that if a man let's say you you go into the overextension of this and you become codependent there's kind of this pendulum that swings so you can become completely hyper independent or hyper closed off to a man making any decisions or you become codependent and submissive and hyper kind of um, reliant and you can, and like a doormat and both of those are unhealthy and neither of those are feminine and so the unhealthy, the other unhealthy expression of this is a man who makes decisions or who takes the reins sometimes and the woman, all of her body is saying no, 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 no. Her intuition says no, 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 but she goes with it anyway. She allows him to make those decisions and she doesn't actually speak her truth and that's not feminine at all. The feminine woman will always tell the man how it makes her feel, what her opinions are, what you know her deepest expression is and your deepest expression is your femininity. So your deepest expression is the biggest gift that you can give to a man in your feminine expression. But um, when you are, let's say, let's say my man um, buys my flights, right, which he did. Now, if I am coming from a hyper-independent space, I will say, no, I need to see them right now. You probably did it wrong. No, let me see. No, I need to book the flights. No, don't do that. No, what if it's that, like, right? And you kind of go into this space where it's like, I can't allow myself to just receive. And that doesn't really feel good to men, right? That doesn't feel good to anyone, actually, when you make a decision and someone doesn't trust you enough to make a good decision. Like if I make a decision and my partner doesn't trust me enough to value and receive my decision that doesn't feel good for me and it also doesn't feel good for him and so allowing myself to deepen into my receiving and into my trust with a safe man is so important now there's a distortion of that where women will deepen into false trust with a non-safe man and it's not actual trust it's just codependency and it's just self-abandonment and so let's say a man books a flight to you know Portugal but you have said a million times that you don't want to go to Portugal and you're not you know don't feel safe in Portugal or whatever but you refuse to express the 
your truth and you just go along with it because it's what he says. Now that is being codependent. That's being self-abandoning and that's not genuine femininity, but that's actually the patriarchal concoction of what a woman is and what they've deemed as feminine, but it's actually a distortion of feminine. It's not truly feminine. And so it's just an unhealthy expression of a wounded woman that's not feminine. And so the unhealthy, distorted woman who is looking for daddy's approval or looking for patriarchal daddy's approval or looking to be a good girl to gain some sort of sense of love or whatever, she will not be able to express her deepest truth to her man and therefore she will be a doormat for him and that's not feminine. So actual feminine women express their deepest truth and then when they have a safe man who they trust because they vetted him because they trust themselves to vet a man correctly, then from that space, they can allow that man to make a decision or take the reins sometimes. And when it feels like a full body, yes, they will allow him to make that decision and receive that. And even if it doesn't feel like a full body, yes, sometimes if it's just, I want to I, I know that I'm kind of scared here and it's something that I actually talk to my clients about. Like, is it a boundary that's being crossed or is it an edge that's being met? Because if it's a boundary, on the other side of a boundary is self-abandonment, but on the other side of, on the other side of a boundary being crossed, but on the other side of an edge is actually just your fear that can be liberated. So if I am not trusting my man because it feels so unsafe to actually trust, but this man is worthy of trust, now that's an edge that it's not actually a boundary that would be crossed. It's my edge that's being pushed where I can be liberated into deeper layers of love here and I can be liberated into deeper levels of trust because this is actually what this moment calls for. But it feels uncomfortable and it feels new and it feels different. It doesn't feel like a full body yes but I know in my intuition and in my heart that the only reason that it doesn't feel like a full body yes is because my edges are being pushed but on the other side of my edge being pushed is my total liberation now on the other hand codependent women their boundaries will be crossed their truths will be crossed and they will still go and do what this man is telling them to do because they are a doormat and they're looking to be a doormat to gain commitment, love, and connection. And it will always lead to self-abandonment and misery, honestly. I feel like there's so many nuances in everything I'm saying. So it's so hard to like make a TikTok about this or to make a, you know, actually it's easy to make a podcast, but to make a TikTok or to make an Instagram post or something small, because within everything I say, I have to say like 10 different nuances to actually say what I'm trying to say, because I know that everything can get so misinterpreted and I have to go to like both sides of the wounded expressions to discredit them, to actually get to the truth of what I'm trying to say. So it is a little difficult to kind of cut through all of the bullshit that is in our society because there's so much wounding in our society, right? Like both of those edges of, or not edges, both of those ends of the pendulum swinging back and forth of either hyper-independency or hyper-codependency, aka doormat or, you know, woman who has all of her defenses up. Both of those are unhealthy, but that's how most people on either end of those spectrums are walking around. And so to try to actually express the truth, the the integrated full body truth is you have to kind of cut through that both those edges or both those ends of the spectrum, not edges, because the edges, like I was saying, there's embodiment and freedom on the other side. On the other side of your boundaries being crossed, though, there's self-abandonment. 
So all of that really was to say to deepen into your ability to receive and to trust with a safe man. So with a safe man who you have vetted and who deserves your true feminine expression, deepening into your trust with him and also deepening into your safety and your receptivity with him is going to be super important because as women, we've really only been around unsafe men or men who don't deserve our full expression of our femininity. And therefore, it's really unfamiliar. There's so many edges to being in your full expression of your femininity. And so when you actually do get in a really safe relationship with a really wonderful man, it's really important to be conscientious of your edges and of the areas where you shut off or you kind of turn away from your femininity because you are afraid. Something else, this is just a little thing that I used to do a lot in my in the beginning of my relationship was I would not respect what my partner would express to me um, when he was upset or mad. Like I always felt like I knew better. And I was talking to one of my friends, one of my mutuals on TikTok about this. Um, her her handle is like Maha Maven, I think. Um, but you know, because her name is not that, so I, I just don't know how to pronounce her little handle. I don't even know where that's from. Um, but, uh, I, we were talking about it and you know, that when you have become this really sovereign woman and then you come into union, it's a learning experience of how to actually really hold your partner's truth along with your own. And in the beginning, I would feel like my truth was better than his, or my truth was, you know, you know, had more warranty or, or I should give it more space. And when my partner was talking, I would notice that first of all, I would interrupt him a lot. And second of all, I would just be kind of waiting to speak and I wouldn't really be deeply listening. And I saw this quote online and it was like, maybe your partner actually has something good to say. And it's something that me and my partner, like we're laughing about and really practicing because we both are really intelligent and really embodied and so when we disagree it can be confusing because the two of us both have really sharp minds and we can both really explain our own perspectives really really well and both of our perspectives make complete sense and so in the beginning it's like how do we hold kind of both of that and Part of actually a podcast I made the other day called Holding the Pod- Holding the Paradox was about this. And so holding the paradox and actually allowing your man's truth to exist with your own only if and when you have a safe and wonderful man, only if and when you have a wonderful safe and man, I have to say that one again, um, really hearing out what your partner is saying and not immediately trying to discredit them, but to see like, how can this exist alongside what I'm saying? And also not interrupting. Like I felt like in the beginning, I would interrupt him a lot. And I had this pattern and I saw it in my lineage as well with women. I saw that I, my parents, my mom, all the women in my family were always really desperate to speak, um, especially my grandmother on my father's side. And, and a lot of like my grandmothers and ancestors, I would notice that there was this like desire to be heard like really, really badly. And so there was this constant interruption. And I noticed that I did that a lot with my man, especially in the beginning of our relationship. And he immediately 
you know, as an embodied man, it's like, hey, that's not okay with me. Like, you can't be interrupting me. I'm not going to be okay with that. So you need to change that and really sit with that. And I noticed that in my lineage of women, of family members, there was just this constant not being heard of the women in my family. And so the women in my family, in my ancestral line, are just never heard. They're completely bulldozed over. They're abused. They're neglected. They're not seen. And so when they are in a disagreement, and also on top of that, the men that are around them, they don't respect them, especially my grandmothers and whatnot, because they don't actually deserve their respect. And so when we are only engaging with disembodied or unembodied men or patriarchal men or just not that intelligent or not that embodied or whatever, when we're only engaging with those types of men, as a woman, you are innately not going to respect him. And that makes sense. You're not supposed to. And so because of that, if you're seeing, if you're only seeing women in your family engage with men that they don't truly respect or that are kind of patriarchal or whatever, you are going to see the women in your family, first of all, interrupt them 24-7. You're going to see them being rude to them. You're going to see them, you know, thinking their truth is better. The woman's truth is better than the man's because in those instances, it is actually. And so this isn't an excuse for you if you are in a bad relationship or you're in a relationship with an unembodied man or you're in a relationship with a man who's not deeply masculine, committed, not patriarchal, non-misogynistic, you know, a man who is wonderful and embodied. If you're not with a man like that, a man who's deeply kind and who has integrated himself and who's a really good man and who is not patriarchal and not misogynistic, if you're not with a man like that, it's going to be really hard to respect him. So I'm not saying this and do not use what I'm saying as a way to go and try to feign or feign respect for your man who doesn't deserve respect. You should use this information as well. I don't respect my man for good reason. Let me leave him and go find another one that I actually respect and I can practice genuine embodiment and safety with. We can't actually practice health at all or safety or femininity with a man that is not deeply deserving of it because all it will be is the repackaged distortion that we've experienced for centuries and you'll just be continuing your own you know, ancestral codependency and trauma. So to actually come into your embodiment, you need to be with a deep man who is deeply safe and embodied and you know, non-misogynistic and whatnot or you know, any person. This, you know, I talk about a lot of times cis hetero relationships because that's what I know but it's in any relationship um but when you are with or when you are seeing all the women in your family always being with patriarchal men or being with men that they are not um the men are not deeply integrated you're gonna see a lot of them kind of disrespecting the men because it makes sense they're not going to be really valuing or trusting what they say they're going to be interrupting them whatnot So when you actually get with a man who is deeply embodied, who is really safe, who's really intelligent, who is not patriarchal, who is committed, who treats you like a queen, who's not afraid to treat a woman like a queen. Like I saw, you know, uh, the other day, Serena Williams' husband was being dissed. You know, uh, Sierra's husband gets dissed all the time because not misogynistic men have no idea what to do with a man who's not misogynistic and who's actually a masculine and committed man. A man like Serena's husband, Alexis, a man like Sierra's husband, Russell. These men are actually great examples of committed masculine men who are actually treating their women like queens and they are actually deeply integrated embodied men. But men who are not embodied, 
literally don't know what to do with that. So they just try to like diss it because they're so disembodied that it's threatening to them to actually, you know, experience or witness women being treated like queens and men being actual kings because they're just these little boys. They get threatened when men are actual committed kings. Um, so when you actually have a man who is a committed king, <laughs> um, it's really important to respect what he says and to listen to him and to not interrupt him. And I think that's a practice because as women, we tend to only see men that we don't respect because we're living in the patriarchy. To be in the patriarchy, it requires that men be dumb. Like it literally requires that men be not integrated, not embodied, not trustworthy, and not that intelligent. So that's literally what being in the patriarchy requires of men. And so on a mass level, that's what we see from a lot of men. So when you actually have a man who's not that, you have to learn how to engage with him in a way that doesn't uphold your response to the patriarchy because this man is not that. And so it's really important to be listening, to be receiving, to actually show him that you respect his words and his thoughts and his opinions. Um, because in general, we're seeing men that we don't respect their thoughts and opinions and we're like, just shut the fuck up. And like, you're so dumb. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is ridiculous. This conversation is insane. Like I would never even like let you within a thousand feet of me. Right. But then when you get with a man who's amazing, you're like, wait, how do I engage with a man in a healthy way? Who's not you know, a dumbass. <laughs> and so we have to learn how to engage with a deeply healthy man. And so, yeah, so that would be my last tip on how to kind of be in your femininity, how to deepen into your femininity with a safe partner. There's so many other aspects about this. There's sexuality. There's so many other aspects, but I'm just going to leave it to that right now. So I love you guys so much. Use my code in the bio if you guys want to get the daisy. And I hope you guys like my new podcast cover. First podcast with a new cover. You know the vibes. And yeah, I love you guys so much. Keep updated with me, with my trip in Portugal, with my life. You know, my Instagram is Victoria Duvall. My TikTok, my TikTok. I was going to say Snapchat. Oh my gosh. I was like, I haven't used Snapchat since... 1970 like no just kidding but I haven't used it in like five years or whatever so don't even know why that came to my mind but TikTok uh, is Victoria Duvall's uh, oh my god no again I was gonna say Snapchat oh my gosh TikTok Instagram YouTube all Victoria Duvall I hope you guys like my new cover I love you guys so much thank you so much and I will talk to you soon bye